Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A, where we declared Tom the winner of the ABSA for excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Thaddeus, and I'm here with Tom and Lauren discussing Sinking Ship, the second episode in our Everything, Everywhere, All at WNYX unit. Part B is going to loosely follow the categories from our ABSA fever round and give me the chance to participate too. So everyone will get to share the things they felt made this a fun episode. And we're going to start with favorite scenes so lauren uh what was one of your favorite scenes that was not mentioned in part a let's see i like the scene where dave is trying to get everyone to the lifeboats but lisa wants to talk about why (laughs) she's not wearing the necklace he gave her (laughs) yeah um i think it's a great example of a relationship beat that they often went to in the dave lisa arc um and it works here in a very comedic way against the titanic spoof (laughs) okay yeah, it's um, like you mentioned before, the desks are sliding and, and everything's <laughs> starting to go haywire. And, like she's locked in. He's so clearly trying to like just get out of this conversation one way or the other. <laughs> nope. She's um, like, are you mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I did like that scene overall. It, it was very, very funny. And Dave just acting so nervous, just trying to get his attention back to the sinking ship is, is really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, Tom, what's an, uh, another one of your favorite scenes that we didn't mention already? I uh, really like the the cold opens with, with just Phil Hartman. Um, oh, what's it called? Yeah. News Radio? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I, I especially when you know a little bit about the history of the show. It's just yeah. kind of like the irreverence that they showed all the time that, that <laughs> Phil Hartman wouldn't even do like a straight open. It was going to be like a version of Phil Hartman. Right. I think, I think that's really, really funny. And um, taking a shot at the writers and everything. Like, <laughs> the inconsiderate jerks who write this stuff. Time. Yeah. <laughs> just so on brand at this point. Yeah. Um, good. Um, well, what I thought was really funny was, was the opening meeting scene. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't have that one come out. Uh, Jimmy James comes in with a bang about the speed of the ship. Uh, you know, everyone laughs at Dave over the icebergs. Uh, I definitely love the, the Lisa giggle when Walt wishes her happy birthday. Um, like so over the top that it shoots to like Dave and Jimmy just watching, you know, it's like, well, um, you know, it's, I thought that it was great. Again, you get a little taste of what the humor of the show is going to be. You get a little vision of everybody except Bill who deserves his own entrance the way he comes into this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, like I said, set the table. I thought it was, it was funny just as of itself, but uh, really enjoyed that scene. Um, really one of my favorites. So, uh, Lauren, what's another scene that you had on this list? 
That one was on my list as well. I, I also really enjoyed that scene. Um, I like the the Waltz King of the World itis scene combined okay. with the Matthew swearing. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of all one scene. Everything out on that ledge outside the window. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah, that was a great bit. It was a great scene all the way around. Just <laughs> go right from Walt to Matthew. Um, yeah. Tom, what's another scene that you had down as your favorite? One of your favorites? Uh, break room with um, Joe and Jimmy with the yeah. cold phosphate. Um, just <laughs> Joe, Joe having to swim around for anim- or for peanut butter crackers. You know, yeah. cheese, cheese crackers. I'm sorry. Cheese crackers. It's cracker yeah. time. It's like cracker time doesn't stop just for a little <laughs> sinking shit. Exactly. Yeah. I really like when he opens the bottle on the table underwater. Yeah. And the big bubble oh, man. up. Like, That's that cool. Was really that was nice that was really good. I think that's on my list of nice touches. <laughs> yeah. But it also is just like, is that possible? Like, I don't know if you could actually do that. Can you hit it with enough force to just cleanly get that bottle cap off underwater? underwater I mean, it looked yeah. like he really did it, right? Something came bubbling out of that bottle. And, and I think it was the yeah. top was fairly close to the surface, so it wouldn't be like... Yeah, it wasn't... You, know, you couldn't thing. do a deep underwater, I don't think, if you're... Yeah. I'll fully submerged, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured it was a prop bottle for the for the joke. Yeah, but I, I mean, that could have been. Yeah. That definitely could have been. <laughs> Although it would be funny if Joe spent all day in the water just opening bottle after bottle, <laughs> take after take. <laughs> like, screw your cold phosphate, Jimmy. Um, yeah, so I, I assume that it was like a prop bottle for the scene, but I do wonder if that's possible in real life or how hard it would be to do in real life, maybe. A little bit better. Send it to Mythbusters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tom, did you have another one on your list? Um, no, actually, that we covered all the ones I had. Okay. I, uh, I actually had Matthew getting back on the ship to Joe and Dave. Um, just the way Joe rolls up, like what happened? Who do you think fell overboard? And it's like I thought you said man overboard. <laughs> you have to say it every time. Like there's just that little scene. Everything about that scene. Matthew's attitude. Hey, somebody dropped this off the ship. Uh, like everything about it works for me. I just think it's extremely funny. So uh, I definitely want to shout that one out. That was another one of those scenes where um, it's like almost every line could have been the the punch line. Like, yeah. they could have cut it off after, I thought you said man overboard, and then you said, you don't have to say that joke every time. That could have been the end. Well, he might not be quite so tempted if you didn't fall off three times a day. Like, any one of those could have been the button yeah. of the scene. They were all strong enough, I thought. Yeah. Well, I, I like that Matthew tries to save a little bit of his dignity somehow, as if <laughs> not everybody knows exactly what happens. Um, in front of two people lounging on chairs by the way right like yeah why why are they lounging on chairs in the hallway is it the deck are they supposed to be on the deck that's the deck (laughs) architect lauren on the case (laughs) Uh, okay lauren did you have anything else as for favorite scenes um yeah the scene where dave announces they're sinking and he asks matthew to fire off a distress flare immediately yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was really great um especially when you when you think about like okay like we mentioned this was bill's last episode the next episode is um bill moves on mm. we've got two episodes in a row of matthew setting dave's trash can on fire <laughs> oh okay. so, wow. just just a little something that i noticed i thought that was kind of interesting <laughs> okay 
Um, yeah, that's uh, I I have not watched that episode in a while, so I didn't remember that. But that is really <laughs> interesting. A little connection there. Okay. I wanted to mention. Um, I think we didn't mention it enough. Bill finding out that it's not a scheme. And then claiming to hold the lifeboats of a woman, you know, like, like just the, the absolute dropping any pretension of of uh, class or reputation right. in order to get out when he finally figures out it's a real thing. And um, I, I think that in particular part of that scene has to get addressed a little bit more. So bravery was never his strong suit. <laughs> All right. Then we get to the meta part that Lauren liked so much. Right. <laughs> Isn't the ceiling supposed to cave in now? <laughs> um, all right, Lauren, uh, any more scenes on your list? I mean, I do like the humidifier scene, mostly just uh, that one shot of Matthew's hand against the glass. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I didn't realize how, uh, how much of an impact that scene had. You know, as I'm doing research and I'm really, you know, steamy, Titanic, all of a sudden it's like, Boom! Doing the Titanic, Urban Dictionary, and it references that scene. So, I was like, oh, this had much more cultural impact than I remember just that visual. But uh, really great that they made fun of it, that they mocked it with the Matthew. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> to set up that in there. Dave getting the gun. You're right. Um, I also want to mention, I really like the part about Dave uh, coffee over love with Lisa. Uh, oh, yeah. just, you know, a callback to both the character and his love of coffee, and then obviously, <laughs> like, kind of like a, a, a misdirection, I guess, as far as Lisa expecting <laughs> to be loved by Dave and Dave being like, I almost died. I want some coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought that aspect of the scene really worked on a couple levels, so it was good. Um, Lauren Moore? No, that's it. Okay, time you're good, right? Yep. All right, so we're going to move on to our next uh, category here, which is favorite quotes. Um, as I said before, swift kick to the gluteus acidus <laughs> was easily number one on my list. Uh, because, again, especially if you're saying it to somebody who's not in earshot, I think that it, it's especially hilarious. You know, it's, like, it's not like you're actually going to go do it, but you get to <laughs> use the phrase gluteus acidus. Um, so yes my humor stopped in about sixth grade apparently (laughs) um lauren what's another one of your favorite quotes um i like it's a birthday present it just means i'm glad you didn't die partway through the year (laughs) (laughs) i think hallmark should start printing that in greeting cards (laughs) i would buy that card (laughs) so usable happy birthday i'm glad you didn't die partway through the year so useful anytime anybody says anything about a birthday present you get to throw that out there it just yep. means they didn't die part way to the year congratulations <laughs> you know or anytime you're trying to downplay a, a birthday present you're just like oh thank you so much like ah it just means you didn't die this year <laughs> um, yeah that was one of my favorites overall so that's a that's a good call that's uh a good one. tom what's one of your favorite quotes that we didn't get to that's poor for naked <laughs> that was next on my list artistic poor for naked i know i do like that dave says i know that's the unexpected part that he's just immediately on board it's no no longer a mystery what's happening there like he just got told yeah definitely one of the good quotes right there um i think what i like was how fast who cares take her up to 80 (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that is also extremely usable. I think that's going to just like anytime you're asking for speed, how fast are we going? Who cares? Take her up to eighty. Like, <laughs> like I think it's funny in pretty much every situation. How fast does the bus go? Who cares? Take her up to eighty. Uh, yeah, so I, I obviously really really like that one. I thought that was usable as well. Um, Lauren, what's another quote on your list? Um, I like your reputation has been indelibly besmirched. <laughs> Very formal. I, I really, really like the language on that one. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Another excellent case of Bill playing that character. Yeah. It's too good. I can't imagine what else he would say if he didn't use that language. So, yeah, really good. Um, Tom, what's the next quote on your list? Um, it's very short, but no, coffee. From Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I very much liked, I salute you, Dave. This was quite a scheme. <laughs> he thinks they're faking the sinking ship so that they can get all the third class passengers off and just leave them in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Jimmy actually has to, has to back Dave up by saying, yeah, no, it's not, not a scheme. Like, this is happening. Um, but I do like that line just in general and I, again also usable I think if, if somebody is giving you a plan or something else or, or if they don't have a plan you know even better uh, what were you planning on I don't know well I salute you that was quite a scheme <laughs> boom get you both ways um, Lauren any more quotes on your list um, I like sorry I'm late the chambermaid couldn't get my course at least <laughs> that's one I kind of want to start using but I think it's funnier if a guy uses it <laughs> It is, you know yeah like it would it would be funnier if one of you tried to work that in like next time you're late for something <laughs> I, still, I, but I love Matthew's like not anymore I'll tell you. You're like, that was such a good like comeback to you don't wear a course yet that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a good way for Lisa to kind of come on in um, and introduce herself to the episode. Hiding behind that big hat uh, that she had. That was good. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Tom, uh, more quotes on your list? Uh, a bird isn't going to rock the boat that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but a bird's not going to rock it that much. Um, yeah, that was a good Jimmy line. Uh, I like Joe's line. He said, that's the boiler. It means the ship wants to go faster. <laughs> that, that just absolutely cracked me up when I saw that one. Like, <laughs> nervously Look trying to spin the face. wheel. Yeah. He's like selling it. He's uh, like, mm, yeah. I know what it means. <laughs> spin the wheel to close the door. Uses the handkerchief to try to wipe it down. Like, yeah, but but just that explanation of what that sound was. Oh, it means the ship wants to go faster. That just cracks me up. <laughs> Um, so that's actually all the ones that I have. Lauren, do you have more on your list or no? Um, I, I really liked careful with that. You rueful ape. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially after he's like defending himself, like saying how basically saying he's a nice guy. Cause he's keeping these guys in work. Yeah. We know he's not going to pay him anyway. <laughs> you know, he's going to be like, Oh, I can't find my billfold. Um, but then he just screams this line at him. I kind of want to start using this one with my kids. They're, they're not exactly, um, gentle with things. <laughs> Next time they drop something or smash something. Careful with that. You rueful ape. <laughs> yeah. Good luck trying to explain that for us. <laughs> That's the great thing about kids. They just accept it. They don't Whoa. ask questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I hope to hear that in more stories. <laughs> nice uh tom any more on your list 
Um, I when when um they're in the the news booth and it's Jimmy and and Dave and uh, Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Dave's like, "What brought you around?" Oh, I think it's when Joe drowned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what finally got you to, to agree with my point? Agree, yeah. <laughs> Joe drowned. <laughs> Getting his crackers, world may never know. <laughs> Jumps categories. <It's> like... <laughs> Good. Okay, Lauren. Um, the last one is uh, I know king of the world itis i fall in prey to it myself <laughs> i think usable on a boat i think if you're ever in yeah. the boating situations absolutely and if you can't you're the one that's got to go up there and yell king of the world so. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening one way or the other yep awesome okay uh before we move on to the next category we're going to learn some fun facts about things mentioned in this episode in a segment we call half truths in gorilla dust with tom ahoy there listeners um obviously sinking ship is a kind of a spoof on um the movie titanic which was released uh december 19 1997 uh, at the time, it went on to become the highest-grossing film that had, that had been released up up to that point. Uh, in fact, the 25th anniversary re-release uh, is coming out. It starts uh, next Thursday from when we're recording this. Um, it was still in theaters at the time that uh, Sinking Ship aired. It was still making money. It would still go on to gross another $30 million at the box office after the airing of this episode. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, that that movie ran forever. It, it like yeah, it ran for, for sure. uh, like nine months or something. It, it never happens anymore. Um, anyway, the uh, the RMS Titanic, the titular ship, um, its maiden voyage and last voyage uh, started on April tenth, uh, nineteen twelve. That's when it was launched. It was uh, um, a week after my grandfather was born. Coincidentally. Um, oh, okay. It sank April fifteenth, so it was only only good for five days. Um, it, oh. The ship cost um, one hundred and fifty million dollars in twenty nineteen money, so actually not bad when you consider how much a stadium costs. And this thing mm. float well floated for a little while, but at <laughs> one point it did for five days float. Uh, <laughs> so anyhow, that that's the Titanic. Uh, for more about that, watch the movie or just look on Wikipedia. Um, Duct tape is mentioned. Uh, modern duct tape wasn't invented until 1965, so that's probably what Joe would be uh, referring to. However, there was a cloth back tape that was called duck tape, not duct, hmm. but duck like the hmm. like the mallard um, that was used uh, as like uh, repair for clothing and shoes and and so forth. wasn't really used for what we we do with it now. Um, Radar uh, was first uh, shown to be a possibility that radio waves could be reflected from solid objects in 1886 by German scientist Heinrich Hertz. Uh, In 1904, German Christian Holzmeier was the first to use radio waves to detect distant metallic objects. Um, Mm. But modern, like, warfare-type radar wouldn't come about until about World War II. Um, So... There we have it. That's your half-truths and gorilla dust mateys. 
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Tom, for those half-truths and that gorilla dust. Uh, so we're going to move on to our next category, which is going to be our favorite gags in the episode. Uh, Lauren, what was one of your favorite gags from the episode? Um, it's kind of a running mm. gag, just Bill interfering in Lisa's love life under the mm. guise of defending Dave's honor. <laughs> <laughs> like, do we think he actually cares about Dave's honor in this episode? Or like, say, in Big Brother when he's convinced, when he's convincing Dave that Lisa is seeing someone? Or does he just enjoy messing with Lisa and Dave's emotions? I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave is very curious to to keep Bill as a confidant for his his issues with Lisa. Like, what is his ultimate plan? That is a very good. Uh, that's a very good point right there. Bill does like to interfere whenever he sees that opportunity. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I've always got kind of assumed that he was actually trying to defend or protect Dave, but maybe not. Maybe he just likes to murder people. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh tom what's one of your favorite gags from the episode um it's the camera angle being askew after they hit the iceberg uh it's basically the same camera angle that was if you remember the adam west batman show uh they would always use that if they were in the um the criminal's lair like the, the okay the bad guy that there would be that same crooked camera angle so i i got a kick out of that and then of course um, Adam West shows up in the next season, so kind of, kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Um, one of the one of the gags I really liked uh, was Joe's unsinkable status determination explanation. <laughs> you know, very modern day insurance of how even if it's completely submerged, it still retains its unsinkable. <laughs> Uh, determination or, or status, whatever it was. Uh, I something about that modern, kind of modernizing it. I thought it was really, really funny. I thought it was a good. Guy. Uh, you need that for the resale value. <laughs> exactly right. Which is another good gag right there. Oh, all right. Um, all right, Lauren. What's another gag you had on your list? Um, sort of the gag of Jimmy not really being in on the gag. Like he doesn't really use an accent to alter his mannerisms or his speaking at all. Like most everybody else does. They're, they're sort of like um, acting the part at least a little bit. Yeah. And um, he doesn't even change like his phrasing or the words (laughs) he uses. Um, He doesn't know what knots are. (laughs) Not even going to try to pretend. Uh, He's just like regular old Jimmy and everyone accepts it. And I thought that was really great. (laughs) Yeah, that is, it is good. Just Jimmy doing Jimmy. <laughs> good. Um, Tom? Uh, Admiral Pataki is, yep. is good. Mm-hmm. You know, we get mm-hmm. more Pataki. So. Yep. Uh, and they smoke cigars again. You know, just the running gags, like mm-hmm. more smoking cigars, more Pataki. <laughs> yeah. Three, yeah, three um, season enders in a row, they smoke cigars. Oh, interesting. I wonder if that's on mm-hmm. purpose or not. Well, at least the space cigar Bill has. That's so. true. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. We'll accept it. Um, I actually like the, the, the Jimmy James wife search kind of continues into the unsinkable Molly Brown. <laughs> uh, great way to kind of place the Titanic by throwing that reference out there. and Just a great way of the continuation of him trying to score with some ladies that he barely knows. Uh, so I thought that was a good, a good gag. Something that's been ongoing as well. Uh, Lauren. Um, Joe inventions. 
You know, he he built the ship's hull out of duct tape, which right. likely resulted in their doom. But still, that was sort of a Joe invention, um, his invention of radar, which could have prevented the shipwreck. Um, uh, he just like allows it to get dismissed immediately. I thought that was kind of funny. It's almost like he's got so many inventions going on that someone's like, nah, not that one. He's like, OK, on to the next thing. It's, it just sort of felt like <laughs> he's still inventing no matter what. Yeah. And it's, the duct tape is always classic, you know. Not only him <laughs> mentioning it, but him trying to use it later to, to seal up the hole. Like, so badly, like the hole's right there, yeah. and you're like everywhere else with it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Nobody likes walking, working with water. Nobody likes working with water. Right. Uh, that's good. Uh, so I think the next joke that I really like, I liked Matthew's looking for mermaids joke, uh, <laughs> and I like that Dave anticipated it. You know, like, like just like uh, the, the security door flip chart. Um, yeah. where he anticipated the, the wizard's question. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, there's no mermaids in this water. We've already looked. So, like, keep your eyes open for icebergs, buddy. Uh, but I do. Like, it's just a little bit more Matthew. Like, that's just such a Matthew moment that they were able to pull in there. So I thought that was really good. Um, Lauren, next on your list? Um, Matthew's hero worship of Bill is a little bit present. Um, like when he sees that Bill has been saved from drowning, he's like, oh, thank the heavens. And then he's like, oh, hi, Lisa. Like, yeah. You're here yeah. too. He's, he's almost disappointed she survived. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And then he actually argues to stay the lookout. You're going to need a lookout, aren't you? Like... <laughs> you're a terrible lookout. <laughs> Oh, I mess up one time, and now I'm a terrible lookout. <laughs> All right, Tom, another gag that you liked? Um, kind of just goes back to um, smoking, um, but like the Jimmy's you know, not not really caring about safety. Um, yeah. the, the the lifeboats being made out of paper mache is like you know those lifeboats. It's kind of like the see those sprinklers up there. Yeah, <laughs> very similar vein. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually a, a, a good, I probably should include that, I guess, in the scenes where we talked about that. But yeah, him, him saying that Bill won't get very far because all the lifeboats are made out of paper mache is, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then when you think about in the Titanic, I believe there's a reference to them, like, not taking a bunch of lifeboats. So like, ah, they're unsinkable. Like, we'll just leave enough for, like, half the people. Um, <laughs> very much shades of that. So I kind of like how that rolls in as well. Um, I feel like most of the other stuff on my list we mentioned. The corset joke with Matthew's really good. Matthew's old-timey swearing definitely makes me laugh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's that's most of the gags that I kind of noticed. Uh, Lauren, did you have any more? None that haven't been mentioned. Okay. Tom? Um, just that I think like Dave's not here but, um, <laughs> is kind of like a throwback to security door. Again, you know, it's another security door kind of reference. Um well, in a Cheech and Chong reference, I thought that might make its way into uh, Half Truths and Gorilla Dust. Oh, okay. That, not, that is a, a that Cheech up. and Chong reference. Oh. Dave's not here, man. Yeah, look that one up, kids. <laughs> and now I'm dating oh. myself. <laughs> but it kind of makes like, I mean, it makes sense too because uh, Joe was on the uh, stand-up comedian circuit, I believe, to some degree at least. I know he hung out with stand-up comics, so that's definitely the type of thing that they would know. <laughs> you know, like that kind of line is definitely. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Know. Yeah, my, well, and my, the writers. Yeah, I, I think the writers, writers would have been wise to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our next category, which is favorite aspects or background catches. Uh, little things that we really appreciated in the episode. Um, Tom, what was one of your favorite aspects or background catches? Um, just, again, the 
the special effects work with the water in um, the break room scene, especially um, just how how they did that. I like when Jimmy opens the door and comes in, like it's one thing to do it in a contained thing. But when right. he opens the door. So just really cool yeah. um, special effect. All right. Yeah. Um, and kind of picking backing off that a little bit. I, I really like the opening credits with everybody's picture in the locket. All right, like talking about mm-hmm. how they produced it a little bit differently, did some things like I thought that was really a really nice way of of you know starting the episode. We get the different music, but we also get a good look of them in that time period. Like, kind of helps set us yeah. up for the rest of the episode. So I thought that was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. Lauren, what's one of your favorite background catches? Um, really more of a favorite aspect, just the way Bill hands Dave his gun. It was a very small gesture, but it seems so formal. Like he grabs it by the barrel with his left hand and then pre- presents it like on oh. his right forearm. Okay. It was a weird choice and I really like it. And I thought it, <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I it just like added something. It's I like don't at know. a fancy restaurant if they bring you a bottle of wine. It's like very similar kind of yeah. presentation. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like dueling with an art on our demand. You know, like, a little bit of formality, but. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. That's a, that is a good catch right there. I feel like I kind of saw it, but it just didn't really register how uh, how much he kind of played up that motion. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom. What was another one that was on your list? Um, just the the WNYX life preserver rings. I thought those were a great touch. Mm. You know, they could have just had regular yeah. ones, but that just going the extra mile to put the the call letters and everything and and the five eighty five on there it was pretty cool. Yeah, I did like those as well. Um, I'll be talking about that a little bit later. Um, I think one of the things I really Matthew's rank as a deckhand, he only had one stripe on his shoulder. So it's like he's already got an anachronistic uniform on for the time period. Uh, but the fact that he is actually like a deckhand, so I don't know. Like it, it could have been something like Dave's got medals. I don't know. Uh, Matthew has this uniform, but he's appropriately ranked. And I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> like no crossover here um lauren another one that you found um i i think one of you kind of brought it up a little bit earlier but the way jimmy pushes down the floating chair to sit on it in the break room scene is just so funny like he's just gonna sit there and enjoy his crack time (laughs) even though the table and the chair are all submerged (laughs) um and and like in the same scene when Joe really opens the bottle on the edge of the table <laughs> underwater, maybe it was a prop bottle. I don't know, but I thought it yeah. was a, a nice maneuver. And um, it, it's like they're all just ignoring the water. Yeah, like Joe, Joe's <laughs> hat is off and he sets it on where the table should be, but it right. just floats on the water above the table. You know, like all yeah. so all of those little touches in that scene, I thought were really nice. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And it actually, you know, I thought the one with Bill, when Bill comes in and he asks for help, and then Bill asks Joe if he has a bottle opener. <laughs> you know, it's just like, no. <laughs> uh, funny, you know, again, funny because Bill is obviously just not going to help this the situation where water is right. pouring into the room. Right. And then as revenge, Joe's not going to hook him up with a bottle opener. Like, I 100% believe he's got a bottle opener. Um. Yeah, all the scenes in the you know quote unquote break room right there, very very interesting. I'm like I am curious about how they shot it, you know, with the water mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. But uh, they were all really good. Um, I also liked the the booth, the way they set it up. Like one of the things about these episodes is always what do they change and what do they keep. 
You know, mm-hmm. in space, they have, like, the regular chairs just pushed up against the windows. But they were the regular chairs, as always. Uh, so they, they really changed up the booth. You know, like, if you look at mm-hmm. it in the background, it has all, you know, no real booth stuff. And as I said before, radio stations hadn't been invented then. <laughs> so I wasn't exactly sure what it was supposed to be. Because it didn't seem like anyone was even pretending to speak into a microphone. But there were people in there. Um, and... Obviously, we find out it was a great setup for the steam scene. That was that's a stroke of genius by somebody in the creative team uh, to line that up and use it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, okay, I think I've only got like maybe one more thing on my list. Tom, do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, just the the iceberg um, in in mm. the you see through Dave's office window or Helm window, but it is yeah. like right there. It is like yeah. they have fully run through the iceberg and. Mo- it's just it's just right you know that that's not how it would work but right <laughs> i like that good um lauren do you have more um i i have one background catch and one anachronism oh okay <laughs> Um, so when Joe is talking about the 200 miles of duct tape holding the hole together, there's an extra in the far background just admiring a portrait on the wall. Oh. (laughs) He's like hands behind his back looking at the portrait like he's in a museum or something, just like gazing at it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Probably dogs playing poker. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just something interesting I noticed in the background. (laughs) Definitely going to look for that, for sure. (laughs) Um, and then my anachronism is um, when Joe is trying to duct tape the leak in the break room, um, you know, the counter and the cupboards have been removed from that wall. Yeah. But there is still a little cart up against the wall with some food items on it, including a Chinese takeout container. <laughs> <laughs> Who ordered Chinese takeout delivered to the Titanic? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a great I catch. feel like it was probably on purpose, right? Like, what would look out of place here? Let's put a Chinese takeout container. That That is great. Like, I'm definitely... The re- getting ready for the recap episode, I'm definitely looking for these things. <laughs> definitely going to find them. Awesome. Um, all right, so the last one that I had was that Dave never admits he wants to be more than friends with Lisa. Which I think is kind of funny. Like when she's asking, she asks him, I think, like, does it mean more than that? And he's like, well, if you didn't want to wear it, and he just <laughs> kind of gets around it. Um, I, I thought, number one, I think it's good because in the episode, we don't really know how they feel towards one another. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have some questions about Lisa coming up, especially near the end. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's just like he's called out on the spot, gave her the most expensive gift he could possibly get his hands on, and he still won't be like, yeah, I want to be more than friends. He's like, oh, if you don't like it, you don't have to wear it. <laughs> it's just a birthday present. It means you didn't die through the year. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I just kind of uh, uh, admire the fact that he's not going to back down. Like he's never going to admit that he's, uh, <laughs> that he's putting himself out there, but he's still going to do it. All right, so we're going to move on to our next category, which is enigmas smothered in secret sauce. What are some episode enigmas, questions that we do not have answers for? Uh, Lauren, what is one of your secret enigmas? Okay, no blueprints required for this one. Okay. Um, (laughs) What was in all of Bill's luggage, and why couldn't he just leave it in his cabin? Like, no one else is carrying their belongings with them. Everyone else shows up pretty much empty-handed. Um, so why is Bill having porters tote all his stuff around and what exactly is in there that's so important? 
That is a good question. It is a large trunk. <laughs> yeah. So what is in the trunk? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Tom, what is one of your enigmas? Um, how how does Dave get his hands on the Cour de la Mer? Um, right. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> A, where does he come up with the money for it? I mean, we've, we've posited that it possibly he pilfered the coffers of the Titanic. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like, also, somebody would have to have it on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> why was that? Well, I think... I think the artwork scene kind of like helps establish yeah. their valuables but, on there. Yeah, sure. Um, but but yeah, ultimately, like, why is it even there for him to get? How did he get it? Yeah, all of the questions surrounding the biggest blue diamond in the world. Right. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so actually, I'm just going to go right off of the last category a little bit. Does Lisa actually want Dave's attention and is playing a game with him? Is she just pretending to be caught up in Walt? And she just kind of pretending? Because at the end, it's to me, at the end when she's in the water, she's like, love? And he's like, no, coffee. You know? Like, Do you have any? Love? No. Coffee. You know, it's like, was she really looking for his love? Or was he the best option because Walt drowned? <laughs> um, yeah, he's, maybe he's the backup plan. <laughs> a little bit, right? But she throws the, the, she throws the diamond away again. You know, he comes yeah. up, and it's funny, he comes up with it, like, if you didn't want it, just don't wear it. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, man, like, I don't know, is Lisa actually interested in Walt? Or is she doing that to kind of get to Dave and kind of push Dave's buttons? Making him talk about the meaning of it and, like, all that kind of stuff? I don't know. Um, I just thought it, it's kind of funny to, to look at it that way. So. That's a good question. <laughs> Enigma. Uh, all right lauren what's another enigma that you had from the episode so i want to know was dave just humoring matthew with his statement about there are no mermaids in this part of the ocean or is captain dave someone who believes in mermaids or in this make-believe episode of television are mermaids real oh (laughs) yeah at that time i bet you there were captains that believed in mermaids Hmm. (laughs) like straight up I just couldn't tell from the way he said the line. Right. That yeah. was the thing that really got me. Like, if it was like super heavy on the sarcasm, I'd be like, "Yeah, he's he's humoring Matthew," you know. Yeah. But it was he read it kind of straight, so I'm like, "Are we supposed to believe Captain Dave believes in mermaids?" I don't know. I just don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, it's good, right? I just kind of assume he's trying to get rid of Matthew or like, you know humor <laughs> Matthew a little bit, but. If he had said, yeah, be on the lookout for mermaids, too, maybe Matthew would have done a better job of looking out and seeing that iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Dave's really responsible for all this. Maybe. It's Dave's fault. <laughs> I wonder how that affects the resale value. Um, okay, Tom, what's another question that you had? Um, how, how does this uh, boat made out of uh, duct tape float for as long as it does before crashing into an iceberg? <laughs> it's uh, unlike steel it's waterproof I believe. <laughs> yeah the uh, the the design as well as the build have a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. for anybody looking at this how not to build um, a boat <laughs> yeah what not to use number one duct tape <laughs> okay um, is putting Matthew on iceberg watch Dave's way of getting Matthew out of the way? Theoretically, it keeps him out of the rest of the ship and gives him a job which 
may or may not be super important, but at the very least, it keeps Matthew from mucking up uh, what's going on on this luxury liner with all these uh, rich and upper-class people. So that was one of my questions, and that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really decide either way. And And maybe he thought, like, this is such an easy job, right. even Matthew can't screw it up, right? We're out <laughs> here in the North Atlantic. There should be nothing out here but icebergs. So if you see anything that's not water, <laughs> let, let me know. know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what's funny is we didn't mention it, but Matthew messes up the whistle at the end of the meeting. In the beginning. Like, it's not a clean whistle to, to signal the dismissal. Right. So, yeah. So one of my questions had a little bit more to do with why Matthew was on Iceberg Watch uh, at all. <laughs> Especially as an iceberg denier. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Lauren, another question for you. Okay. The way Walt climbs in the window after his bout of King of the World-itis, my question is why? (laughs) It looks very unnatural. He puts one foot up on the railing on the outside ledge, and then he leans away from the window... And then he puts his other foot on the windowsill. So he's now straddling the little deck. And then he hoists himself in. It's so awkward. <laughs> why? Like, why would he make that choice? <laughs> yeah, I, I did see that. It did strike me as odd. And I am definitely curious of why. I'm curious why the actor had to do it that way. You know, like, right. what's yeah. on the other right. side of that wall? Was there a practical reason? That he wouldn't just lean in the window and pull himself in. Because <laughs> when you first see him put his foot up on the railing, you feel like he's about to jump ship. Right. right? Something. Like, that's my first instinct is like, oh, my God, Walt's going to jump off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he just made a very strange choice about what he thought was the best way to climb back in this window. <laughs> yeah. The early days of parkour were very wild. <laughs> <laughs> Anachronism. <laughs> parkour. Uh, now I just wish he'd screamed parkour when he did. <laughs> parkour, parkour. <laughs> All right, excellent question. What's up with Walt? What's up with Walt and Windows? Um, Tom, another question on your list. Covered all mine. Okay. Um, Lauren, I've probably got like three or four, but they're, they're a little more open-ended. Uh, how many more do you have on your list? I have one more, but it's very specific. <laughs> okay. Not open-ended at all. <laughs> um, okay, so I have one. This one is a little less open but who had lockets of each of the cast members for the theme opening credits? If they're theoretically spraying <laughs> off these lockets because they found them, like, who who would have on the ship would have had a locket of all the characters or, like, you know, individual person or even collectively? You know, like, with their Jimmy's lockets? Jimmy loved the, loved the stamp. <laughs> so Jimmy put them all in lockets, and they found his jewelry box. Um, again, it works so well stylistically. It's awesome. But, like, at some point, I was, I was like, where do these lockets come from? Like, who put, who put Joe in a locket? So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Again, and then you get the bills, which is just so perfect that you just kind of go with it. Like, all right, let's go. Okay, Lauren, what is, uh, what is your remaining question? What do you think the actual budget was for this episode? Ooh. Like, I know Phil jokingly says it was $200, and we get the joke <laughs> about how they blew most of the budget on the 
the break room scene, but um, like between all the special set dressing and the costumes and the special effects and stuff, I'm curious what the budget was for this episode as opposed to a more standard episode. That is a good question. Um, it, what makes me do the most is when the water comes out of the elevator doors, yeah. like where the elevator usually <laughs> is. I'm just like, that's a lot of water. And I'm like... Yeah, and they go to a couple different camera angles there too. Like you know, you see it splash on like whatever guard they had for the camera, and then yep. it kind of switches to a side view, and, and then Joe's still turning the wheel, but the door's gotten a little wider. So, <laughs> yeah, and then they used the set the next year. So I was like, if this is the last episode, yeah. like ah, they just kind of wiped it out. But um, I, it, it had to be the the, the priciest one. And, and so many props and so yeah. much set dressing. I mean, like when you really start looking at all the, like you mentioned mm. the, the the things in the booth that they switched yeah, out. When right. you really start looking at every little thing they put in there, it's like everything in there had a price tag. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they had like antique typewriters and stuff on the desks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd really like to know what was yeah. the budget. <laughs> they probably had to use their budget up before the end of the year for their probably. <laughs> <laughs> As any good accountant knows, <laughs> spend it or lose it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, they probably just had to max out their NBC budget just to make sure they didn't get cut in the next round. Um, good. Good, good. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have two good ones, I think. And I'll, I'll leave the last one, the last one for the next section. Um, is Lisa more likely to date slash sleep with Walt in the modern era or in this episode's era? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like in the modern era, she's so career driven. And I feel like any relationship choice she makes is like, well, how's this going to impact my career? You yeah, know? That's fair. Yeah. And I don't think we see that in like this, uh, you know, period drama. Right. You know, I think she's just cutting loose. <laughs> right. But the class issue is so desperate yeah. that I'm like, is she more likely to not sleep with Walt or everything with Walt in this era? Because in the, I'm sorry, in like in the Titanic era, because socially, mm. like again, Bill makes it such a big point and so on and so forth. Would she date Walt in the era? Let's, let's just focus on that right there. Yeah. I don't know. Social classes and all of that. Um, yeah. In the current era, I'm kind of with you where it's like, I think that she's almost more likely to in the sense that she wants to and it, there's less obstacles. But she might be less likely to in the sense that she has more options and, uh, you know, she may be career driven and career focused. Mm -hmm. I, I think in the current era, it, it probably would be true that she's got less feelings for Dave uh, than than it seems to be that she has in this mm. episode. So I think that okay. that's another less obstacle. That's true. Mm. That's mm -hmm. true. So, yeah, I, I think dating is, is probably the... Uh, conversation we should have but i think sleeping with is also a pretty good conversation in there too like you know in the 90s women were empowered probably not that big a deal not as big a deal as it would be back then i suppose right uh, so we will let our viewers kind of chew on that one for themselves um so i actually have kind of a more serious question let's open it real quick uh but it's could they have done this episode or a time travel episode if Catherine was still on the show uh, and I'm going to preface this a little bit, or maybe it's a little too late for a preface. Uh, but 
ultimately, again, when you have uh, any type of minority and you have time travel, it's not a good question to ask. All right? There is literally no time better than the present in terms of treatment or, or being viewed. So if Catherine had still been a member of the cast, uh, would they have still done the Titanic theme, Sinking Ship, you know, kind of for that episode? Or would they have had to pivot to something else? Yeah, that's a good question. Although, especially like in the '90s, because if if mm-hmm. if you were looking at it now, now nowadays they do period pieces all the time with minorities right. in it, and it's just that's what it is. Which I don't right. know if they would have done that in the '90s, but they should have. So, yeah, I, I think um, again, <laughs> maybe the fact that Amistad had come out at some point earlier uh, might have affected their decision as, as far as using a boat, but. Um, yeah, it seems like it's the type of thing that maybe people would have not would have looked past at that time and just would have kind of like stuck them in there anyway. Right. Um, but I don't know, Lauren. What do you think? I I kind of wonder if the writers would have been like, you know, maybe start going down that road and then being like, is this going to get into a touchy subject? Maybe we should just scrap it and do something else entirely. Right. You know. Right because the nineties were kind of a different time, you know, where it's like, uh, like, are we gonna, who are we going to piss off? Are we going to piss off the fans? (laughs) Are we going to piss off the network? Like what, like which direction are we going to go? And then it just gets to be too much. And then they just say, forget the whole thing. We're going to do, um, you know, a fantasy episode with dragons and wizards or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's just something that kind of occurred to me as I was watching. Cause I'm like, Catherine would have to play upper class. You know, mm-hmm. I would imagine that she's in that upper class, uh, social class. And it's like, I don't know if they would have done that at the time. Um, or, like you said, they would have just been like, okay, that's that's out. Titanic is out. And then it's like, well, what would they have done? You know, what kind yeah. of special thing would they have done to kind of end it? So, um, you know, a, a definite enigma that there is no answer to. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just interesting very quickly to kind of think about that aspect. Um, I think what we can all agree on, even though it just said it, but, uh, having, or I'm sorry, Tom brought up earlier, having, having, um, the other women in this episode, I think would have made it better. I think if Beth is there, it would have been better, you know, however Catherine would have worked in, I think it would have been great. Um, just having Lisa by herself did kind of make it feel a little bit uneven in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, now we're going to go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internet. All right, Lauren is going to tell us about the Usenet forums from that time. All right. So even though the season finale had just aired, fans were anxiously awaiting the NBC fall lineup, which was due to be announced by the end of this same week. Everyone was holding their breath, waiting to see if the show would be renewed. Um, Someone started a thread asking fans to write letters to NBC, begging them to renew the show for a fifth season. They called the fans the Disciples of the Church of Bitch Cakes. So (laughs) I guess that's who we have to thank for the fifth season that we, of course, received. (laughs) Thank you to the Disciples of the Church of Bitch Cakes. (laughs) No comment. Um, The same night this episode aired, Joe Rogan appeared on Conan O'Brien, and one week later, Vicki Lewis also appeared on the late night talk show, and um, I couldn't find out why they were there or what they were talking about specifically, but since they were both slated for dates so close together, I'm assuming they probably talked about news radio at least a little bit. 
Um, the same week this episode aired, NBC also aired the series finale of Seinfeld. Mm. So fans on the message board were overwhelmingly annoyed <laughs> by Ooh. how much attention the network gave to Seinfeld while they felt their favorite show was given a little more than toaster leave-ins. That's a married with children joke for anyone paying attention. I caught it. Uh, <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, they were so annoyed, in fact, that anytime someone came to the message boards to complain about all the attention that Seinfeld was getting, at least two or three people would chime in to say uh, what seemed to be the standard reply of, what's a Seinfeld? <laughs> just, just total total pettiness in so these forums, and I, and I loved it. So ridiculous. And that has been a time capsule from the internet. Awesome. Lauren, thank you for this uh, peek into the past. <laughs> just to see uh, how ridiculous. People have always been ridiculous on the internet is what we just learned today. Confirmed. Yep. <laughs> it's not new. <laughs> Almost from its inception. Okay. Uh, we're going to go into our catch-all category. We're just going to kind of make sure we call out anything that we didn't get to earlier in the show. Uh, and we're going to start off by talking about some other keepsakes, some other things that we thought would be great to take home and uh, display at home or possibly wear. Uh, Tom, what was another keepsake that you had on your list? Uh, the Water Lilies uh, Monet um, painting I think oh. would be cool. Like, you know, it's, okay. uh, it's a good painting. With or without the fist hole? Uh, without the fist hole. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer, okay. crap. prefer to not have been punched. Awesome. Uh, Lauren, what's uh, another another keepsake that you would have grabbed? I know someone mentioned Bill's cane. I really loved Jimmy's cane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was It was flashy. It was like super polished, really nice, nice cane. Okay. Um, I actually was going to go with it. the Life Preserver was my hands-on number one, which, uh, you know, it's a great call to take. Uh, I would have gone with the ship's wheel. Ah, uh, nice. From the office. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been a nice little display piece to have up there. And you know, probably I'd probably grab it, look out the window, and yell at Matthew just every once in a while for, you know, for old time's <laughs> sake. <laughs> That's a double joke. Uh, <laughs> Tom, what's another keepsake you had on your list? Um, the, the locket with Phil Hartman's picture, I think would be mm. probably next. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good mustache. look. That mustache is great. <laughs> he so had done that. Fantastic. He had done that like four years before when he was on Letterman. He had like a, just a drawn on mustache and like they, they were talking about it. It was a great appearance. It was from uh, February 17th of 1994. If anybody wants to check that out. So uh, okay. on YouTube. I think, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Today nice. in mustache news. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's actually, I, I meant to put that into my my favorite aspects, actually. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't have it on there, but his mustache, for me, perfect. Yeah. It, it made him more villainous. Oh, yeah. Without actually <laughs> declaring him a villain, but it, mustache was great. So, great call. Great call. Um, Lauren, something else on your list? Um, the fancy WNYX cup and saucer. Like ah, China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is the only appearance of that version yeah. of the the mug. Okay. Yeah, very fancy. All right. Um, <laughs> I would have put up uh, Matthew's uniform. I think that's something I would have okay. hung up on the wall. <laughs> you know, and I, I think the thing is, I'm looking at all these items. I think I'd have to put a tag that'd be like Titanic, you know, something <laughs> ridiculous on it to to make sure it, I don't mix it up with a real uniform. Like, no, 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 <laughs> that was when he wore it at the wrong time. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the the sharp dress whites, <laughs> basically of a, of a deckhand. 
Um, okay, Tom, do you have more on your list? Uh, those brandy glasses were really cool that they were using oh, um, in the, yes. that scene. So, yeah, I would go with those. All right, I liked on. the way they made a real effort, you know, because they had the, the camera tilted yeah. in that scene. Yeah. They had, like, the hanging light. They had tilted that as <laughs> right. well. But they couldn't do couldn't anything do the about glasses. the yeah. cognac yeah. in the glass. Yeah. Right. It sat yeah. flat. I was like, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? They, they blew the budget. They couldn't get trick glasses. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. Uh, Tom, do you have more on your list? I'm kind of out, with, I think, between everything that you guys have thrown out there, you know, and the couple that I put out there, I'm, I'm, my, my storage uh, backpack is full. <laughs> when I rob this set, nothing else is going to fit. Um, Tom. The, with, uh, the whistle that Matthew had was pretty cool. I would, mm. I'd take mm. that. Mm-hmm. That one. was on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I counted that as part of the uniform, quite frankly. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Just individually, that whistle would also make a great keepsake. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Lauren? Um, Bill's gun. Oh, yeah. okay. It was, it was a pretty fancy looking pistol. Very nice. Now, would you actually get the quote kind of uh, written in calligraphy so you could put it right above the gun? The, the, the besmirched? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Of course. yeah, like mount it in one of like those shadow boxes with the quote right there, like engraved in brass. Yeah. Yes, that would be perfect. Hang it on the wall. Yeah. Break in case of indelib- indelible besmirchment. <laughs> <laughs> the emergency gun. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Awesome. Tom, would you have more? Uh, the, the only other ones I had, Walt and Joe both had really cool hats. I like their yeah. similar style, so it yeah. could either way. Um, I like those hats. They were, Joe Joe looks great in that first meeting. It's just like yeah. it, it fits him. Like there's yep. something about that look. It, it looks good. It looks like he's just drinking a beer and uh, I don't know, just being a guy from 1912. I guess. <laughs> looks like an extra from Newsies. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was gonna say. Pretty Send much. him to Newsies. <laughs> Lauren, any more keepsakes for you? Uh, Matthew's whistle was the last one on my list. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so we all kind of focused in on the whistle, but yeah. I, <laughs> I think that uniform in a glass case on the wall would be pretty funny as well. <laughs> a picture of the cast, Matthew obviously out of the Matthew just anachronistically in the picture, in the photograph. Um all right, so now we're just kind of in our general catch-all, just kind of topics that maybe we didn't get to. Um, you know, any anything that basically we have not covered yet that we want to make sure it gets a shout out. Uh Lauren, do you have anything else for your catch-all section? Um Kind of, kind of like a question. Like, if Vicky had been in this episode, what mm. sort of character do you think she would have played? Because I, I think she, probably she would have been like the same social class as, um, maybe like Lisa. I'm picturing her as some sort of like new money heiress. So like, she's mm, allowed yeah. to socialize with the upper class, but she hasn't quite grasped the social norms yet. So there would be a lot of faux pas happening and stuff. Um, but yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Where where would she have fallen on the social hierarchy? Well, I think she would have been upper. Like I think you have to make her basically like the the Molly Brown. Yep. You know exactly. you have to make her like that that, <laughs> yeah. 
a little bit of a Spitfire, a little bit of the of the you know like when she does the accent, the Duchess accent, yeah. where Joe plays the, uh, the, the man friend. You know, like here to contillion for yawn evening. Exactly. Like I think that's the air that she gets to play, but it also comes into she gets to break and do the little elbow to the ribs jokes as well with Jimmy. So um, I think they would have worked her into scenes with Jimmy, and she would have been like that Molly Brown kind of yeah. uh, kind of character. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it could have worked. God, it's it's too bad we couldn't have had Vicky in this episode. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun for sure. <laughs> oh, <Good>. mouse hunt. <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. But it was fun to ask. Um, Tom, do you have anything else uh, in the catch-all you want to bring up? Yeah, um, I, I feel like this was maybe one of the worst jokes that really disrupted the flow of the episode over the whole run um i'd say he's a little wet behind the ears literally was just terrible Uh, i thought that was just so forced and just seemed so it was it really took me out of the whole episode (laughs) more than anything else that i've seen on the show the whole time it was just it was just really it was like the hackiest joke ever yeah i I get it It was done the way he did it as well yeah like was was a very hacky style right but that's actually what put me onto his murder plot believe it or not (laughs) Uh, because what behind the ears is is young and inexperienced right right so he's actually laughing about the murder like oh looks like he's whipped behind the ears like he just sent this guy to his death because young Walt didn't even know any better. <laughs> He's so experienced he drowned. And then he says literally so that we don't take it so bad as an audience. Right. Um, but I, to me, that line is definitely more nefarious than uh, than just kind of like a throwaway joke. Yeah. Um, but I agree. It is delivered in a hack, hackish type fashion, um, the way we look at comedy now. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, possi- it's possible that they were doing it to make fun of the hacky jokes that would come about in situations like that, True. possibly. So, you know, I don't know what their intent was with that, but it was just, it really wasn't a good, wasn't a good joke. Yeah, you know, it almost felt like, uh, like you remember like the 60s and 70s shows where they do like yeah. some weird inner scene cut or something. Right. Like, actually, I'm saying that and I'm thinking of Austin Powers. Well, you know, okay. I'm saying television, but I'm thinking of Austin Powers. Sure. But it, like yeah. laughing, I think, would do that kind of stuff too. Yeah. And, and it's in like a little, scenes, yeah. something. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, Lauren, did you have another catch-all aspect? Some of the let's call um, it just a really tiny thing I noticed. Just like when I was trying to pick out scenes to show to a new person, mm-hmm. one thing that kind of caught me off guard about this episode is how how many scenes there were and how short they were. Yeah. Okay, like that's it was not the typical yeah. flow of a news radio episode, which no. you wouldn't expect it to be for this style of episode, but um, yeah, the scenes were so short. And uh, that makes sense. There were just so many of them. Um, so a lot to choose from this time, which was kind of nice. But yeah, they right. were really, really tiny. Right. Wow, that's great. You know, it's, I did I did have a longer list than usual as I was going through the scenes, but it didn't really occur to me that that was why. That's a really good catch. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, okay, Tom, did you have uh, another catch-all for us? Um, yeah, I just... I thought that this would be this would have been a great episode if they could have brought Lovitz in. I think Lovitz with Hartman mm, yeah. doing those kind of character characterizations, that that accent and everything, like Lovitz would have done yeah. a really good job with this um, if if they had brought him back. So 
Yeah, he absolutely like whatever role they gave him, he would have fit right in with Phil, and it would have been great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good call. Good call. All right, so I have like two, um, but I want to make sure we kind of get most of the ones out of the way. Lauren, do you have any more that you want to make sure you call out? No, that nope. was it. Okay. All right. Uh, my time to shine. Um, in this episode, uh, so so one of the things I kind of thought was really interesting was like the, to me, the ep- the characters were both um, irresponsible in a lot of things they did. You know, Jimmy not knowing anything about the Titanic. Uh, Matthew obviously not watching for icebergs. Uh, Joe not fixing or admitting that he can't fix uh, the, the the water rushing in and sinking the the boat. Um, you know, I think even even Lisa like you know kind of irresponsible to pull Dave away from saving people so she could have her conversation. You know, so <laughs> I thought there was a, a level of irresponsibility, but I also thought they all kind of embarrassed themselves a little bit too. You know, like, um, like well, well, Lisa asking about love and coffee, I thought was kind of funny because she's like, "No, is she looking for love? Coffee." Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> like, thanks for trying. I would be very embarrassed if I asked somebody for love and they told me they wanted coffee. <laughs> um, you know, Joe is too embarrassed that he can't fix it to admit that he can fix it. You know, Matthew doesn't see an iceberg, uh, which is both irresponsible and embarrassing. So we have that kind of doubled up. Um, yeah, so I thought there was a little bit of a kind of a connection. I wasn't sure if it was a comment on the times because, you know, <laughs> in those times it was kind of uh, a lot more like Bill than I think we want to believe. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, all the characters were a little bit more contained. And they all just kind of went out there and made an ass of themselves. You know, Walt yelling <laughs> king of the world. Like, right. yeah, that's cool, but it's also not so cool at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was just kind of an interesting way to think about the characters and how they, they went in this episode. Um, and then my last thing for everybody is, when was the last time you watched the movie Titanic, or how do you feel about it? All right, here's the moment where I have to admit that I have never seen the movie Titanic, <laughs> and I never intend to see it. <laughs> ah, I support I support such boycotts. <laughs> I've seen this episode of News Radio, and I can't imagine the movie Titanic is any better. So I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> long as hell. It's very long. <laughs> Remember all those girls in college complaining about two videotapes? You know, because you actually had to switch the tapes out because the movie was so long. Um, I mean, DVD listeners, I'm yeah. quite young. <laughs> no, but yeah, they yeah, like that was a thing. The movie, it's so long. Um, all right, before I get to me, Tom, what was the last time you watched it? How did you feel about it? Uh, probably the last time I watched it would be maybe, I think I watched it, I've watched it once, um, and it okay. was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Um, I didn't, I didn't see yeah. it when it came out and it was quite a while after it came out. It was probably like 10 years after it came out. Um, so okay. yeah. And it was fine. It was, like you said, very long. Um, technically mm-hmm. it's a well done movie. I mean, I think the special effects are great and, you know, so yeah. forth, you know, but, um, and it's it's a big reference point for popular culture, so you yes, know, it's, I, I think it's it's worth seeing for that if if nothing else. But you know, no requirement, Lauren. Don't don't feel like you missed anything. <laughs> yeah. Disagree on having to see it all, but yes, I, I like the point you made. Um, I, almost surprising they didn't get a Celine Dion joke in there, uh, because again, my heart will go on was everywhere, Ugh, yeah. just. Everywhere. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, yeah, Tom. Tom. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, there's so many songs from that era that were just 
execrable, and that was one of them. Um, <laughs> Everywhere. And yeah, you just could oh. not avoid it. Like, I mean, wannabe by the Spice Girls, I would throw into that same time frame and category. <laughs> just, yeah. you couldn't avoid it. <laughs> back to back on the radio. Yep. Um, so, so first of all, I, I do support Lauren's refusal to see a movie. Um, oh, respect. I dated a couple cheerleaders, and so I refused to watch Bring It On or any of the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> not the same level but the same concept so yeah, I've got some solidarity with you like just no mm-hmm. um, I, I actually saw it the first month it came out uh, and I remember I, I, I went with a girl and she loved it and I did not and she was not happy that I did not love it as much as she did um, you know, like, I just remember that she was kind of incredulous that I didn't melt you know, the same way that she did so um, I, that is the only time I've seen it uh, but I have I have flatly refused to rewatch it ever again, um, and it's only really kind of funny because I did have a friend that she absolutely loved it, uh, and I remember one time uh, she broke up with her boyfriend and she made my other friend go with her to go watch that movie to feel better. You know, we were like, "See you later, sucker. Have fun with that. <laughs> Whatever we're doing, it's not watching Titanic." Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not a fan of the movie. I'm not a fan of the movie for myself. I don't besmirch anybody who uh, who does enjoy it, um, who does like it. But I'm with Tom. Not for me and not worth the three hours. So that's it. All of our Titanic haters. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get a little more response. So if you hate us, let us know on Twitter. If you stand for the Titanic, let us know on Twitter. We can argue about it for, for days. Titanic stands are coming for us yeah. now. <laughs> Titanic would have been better with Dave Foley. <laughs> That's definitely true. I'm like, are you sure that Stephen Root wasn't in that movie? Because he's in every movie. So I, right. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but you know, we can add Billy Zane in, and that's always a win in my book. <laughs> Billy Zane. <laughs> okay, he was in the movie Titanic, Lauren. Just in case you weren't sure. <laughs> Context clues. I've, I've seen the IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> okay. All right, we're gonna come into our last category, uh, which is episode explained badly slash sensational headlines. All right, Tom, what is one of your episodes explained badly or sensational headlines? Uh, I'll give you a disclaimer. These are these are a little weird and maybe not great, but um, anyway, How to Serve Man, Part 2. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anytime you can get a Twilight joke in there. Uh, Twilight Zone. Let's be clear. Twilight, Twilight Zone, zone yes. Yeah, the, the, I, I always appreciate that. Not bad. Not bad. All right, Lauren, what is one of yours? Okay. What do loose lips and icebergs have in common? Click here to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know more? (laughs) It's a very short article. (laughs) Yeah. Even minor aren't exactly really focused on the right things, but I'm like, okay. Um, So I had two, and one of mine was, iceberg ignorance leads to titanic tragedy. Thank you for humoring me. Tom, what's, what's another one for you? Uh, a berg in the hand is worth two in the boat. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> a little irreverent in the real life, but yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. That might have been a good uh, title, actually. Instead of thinking shit, maybe that's what you should find out. <laughs> 
Nice. All right, Lauren? Um, builder of unsinkable ship has drowned, but still retains his undrownable classification. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> okay, and so my last one is paper mache shortage shocks England shortly before launching of the Titanic. <laughs> Must use all the paper mache in England to make those life bulbs. No one can figure it out. <laughs> shocking, shocking! I tell you, shocking. <laughs> no one can make a model volcano for weeks. It's <laughs> <laughs> poor English children. <laughs> um, okay, does it, do we have any more? That's all I got. Okay, there we go. Okay, uh, the next episode on the USS Hoodoo Factory map will be Daydream for our Everything Everywhere All at WNYX unit. Don't forget to dock at our gift shop on your way out of these podcast waters. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever. Ahoy, pumpkin. <laughs> I salute you. It's quite the scheme. <laughs> Pantyhose. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by our gift shop at grabitgear.com. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for absa fever. Stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. Yep. Hello? Hello, Kelly. Um, hi. Do you like scary movies? I kind of have a whole podcast about it with my friend Josh Vermont. Press Play and Scream comes out on Tuesdays or, you know, whenever. What's your favorite scary movie? I can give you maybe top 10 in a subgenre, but... We're going to play a game, Kelly. Ugh, really? I kind of have to be up in five hours. If you hang up on me, I'll get you like a fish. Okay, well, wasn't gonna hang up because I'm not a rude person, but since I doubt I'll be getting much sleep now anyway, sure, we'll play a game, whatever. What weapon did Leatherface use to kill people in Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation? A hammer. Wrong answer! It was wait, you knew that one? Yeah. Weirdly, he didn't kill anyone with a chainsaw in that one. Okay. That was just a test. Now the real game begins. Who played Freddy Robert Englund. You didn't let me finish. Who played Freddy Krueger's mother? Huh? Answer that one, wise ass. Which time? Huh? Which time? Because, I mean, there was the flashback sequence at the beginning of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, where she was played by Beatrice Boppel, who's featured throughout the rest of the movie too, by the way.
But then there was the old nun character played by Nan Martin in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, where everyone pretty much acknowledges that she's supposed to be Freddy's mother's ghost, even though it's not stated out loud. I mean, do you even watch horror movies? Okay, okay, how about this one? You answer wrong and I'll throttle you with your own intestines. Yeah, I like my chances. Are you Googling horror trivia? Not Googling horror trivia. Okay, so, haha. What 80s horror movie starred Linnea Quigley and Hal Havens? What a stupid question. If you can't answer, you'll bleed. No one can answer because it's a bogus question. They were in two 80s horror movies together, Night of the Demons and Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Volorama. Both demon-based horror movies, by the way if you care. God, what is with you? You beg me to play this game with you and then you suck at it. Now I want to watch Dream Child again. I'm never getting to sleep now. That guy sucked. Nice. I think we know, but how do you feel? I, I think so. I think so. I don't think I'm very good at acting, but I think it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. It's, a, it's not really about how good you are at acting. I mean, says the person that can do the voices. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my dad, you know, what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs>